Hello and welcome to the Kryptonite Podcast. I'm Mark Storrs and with me as always is... I'm Chris Carnesali. And Rob Morphy. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. As always, the social medias, the Instas, the Twitters, the Facebooks, hit us up there. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated and welcome for this podcast. You can do that on the Apple iTunes, the Apple Podcast apps, and our Facebook page. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode. We have some uh, reviews to go over. And a quick announcement before we get started here. We recently added some new products to our Big Cartel page, and we have an enamel pin set. It is yes, we do. The best. Yeah, we've got some nice two-inch hard enamel. Not any of that soft enamel that gets all weird on you and the paint gets all messed up. These are hard na- enamel pins. Garbage enamel, we call <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. I was just, I've been so stoked for this for so long. You know, when we first thought of the idea of doing this and, you know, the first doodles, to actually hold it was just fucking monumental i love it i I can't you know yeah i just i can't get over seeing something made tangible from an idea like it is a i guess we're all artists but as creative types that never stops being fucking brilliant to me yeah yeah i actually uh was there when fedex delivered it because i had to sign for it so i was waiting all day and the dude shows up with this box i swear to god it weighed like 30 pounds oh my god in a little tiny box from china (laughs) and he's like here here you go i'm like oh my god what the hell we popped it open. I'm like, oh man, those are the are, good days. These are hard enamel pins. They are. <laughs> and they Make are. my dreams real. They are heavy. And those again are for sale at our big cartel shop. That is uh, kryptonotpodcast.bigcartel.com. We're selling a set. You get two for thirteen dollars, which in the enamel pin game is a pretty good deal. That's a phenomenal so, deal. Yeah. So be sure to check those out. The link for that will be in the, in the description of this podcast. And as always, we have T-shirts and other accoutrement available over at our T Public Shop. And, uh, you know, any of these purchases that you, our good listeners, may go to help support the pod financially. So, uh, yeah, there's my uh, there's my push product. Oh, ramble. yeah. It's good there speech. It good speech. There it is. Good deal. Cool pins. Help your bros. There it is. All right. So this week we are talking about the Hampton Bays Sky Rays. Indeed we are. Jeez. All right. Let's get started with, for one New York couple, what began as a romantic evening to be spent marveling at one of nature's most magnificent wonders transformed into one of the weirdest and potentially alarming cryptid encounters on the books. An event that would forever change the way these eyewitnesses would look at the skies. Indeed it would. Oh, wow. Romance turns to... Uh, Possible issues with the sky. Issues with the sky. There it is. Nobody needs that. Sky issues. We're surrounded by sky all the time, unless we're inside, but then we still know it's there. It's not like we're ever unaware of the sky's fucking presence. And if you have to have an issue with something, the sky is not one of the things you want to have an issue with. Yeah, no. You don't want to have a problem with the sky. Like the ground is probably number one because you always have to be on the ground. So if you're in oh, like yeah. a tremor scenario and there's some shit in the ground you got to worry about. Quicksand. Or natural disasters and things yeah. like that. Then yes, you have to worry about it. Sky second. Ocean you can just avoid. Yeah. You know, I've never watched a, a Jaws or an Orca or a, an ocean going monster film where I just thought, fuck face. Stay off the water. Just, you know, just don't do it. Yeah, like, we I mean, talked about that in the Mermaids episode. Yeah, yeah we just did. Just stay out of the water. Just, just yeah. avoid or it. If you, you have a water issue. If there is a big problem with the sky, you know how you can avoid the sky? How? Stay inside. Oh, no, there you with go. With a really sturdy roof. There you go. Robert, take it away. Founded in 1740 and located on the southeastern coast of Long Island, the affluent Hamlet, Hamlet, that's always a, you know you're doing all yeah. right when you're in uh, a Hamlet, Hamlet of Hampton Bays is renowned as an angler's paradise and a tourist hub. But within the first decade of the new millennia, 
it was also known to briefly harbor a beast that was so bizarre its very existence beggared belief. Jeez. Unbelievable. Beggared. When you're beggaring belief, <laughs> you're fucking doing it you're right. You're something else. <laughs> Sometime in 2006, a woman referring to herself only as Jenny claimed that she drove her unnamed fiancé to a remote stretch of beach in order to show him an incredible natural display of phosphorescent shrimp which sparkled like neon stars on the wet sand and in the rolling black water. The couple strolled into this bioluminescent utopia without a care in the world and having no clue whatsoever that by night's end, neither of them would relate to the natural world in the same way ever again. Oh, Romance to terror. There it is. Jenny and her fiancé made their way down the beach, marveling at the epic Avatar-esque spectacle that was splayed out before them. So I don't know if you guys have seen photos of this. It's absolutely beautiful. I've seen, it, yeah. It's just like this, at least the ones I've seen, like neon blue, and it, it stretches into the water and up the actual sand, just like we said, and it just goes into the distance, and it is... Yeah. It's just stunning. It's like, I this, I can't compare it to anything. I mean, yeah, when I call it Avatar-esque, it is just this bioluminescent uh, party, and it is just huh. beautiful. So I highly recommend uh, to you cats and our listeners out there, check it out, because yeah. it's, you can see why this should have been arguably the most romantic night of their lives. The glowing shrimp. That's glowing all shrimp. romance. All right. uh, yeah. If you see the shrimp the way I see the shrimp, sir. Well, for this uh, this Valentine's Day, I'm going to take my my wife to uh, a nice frozen beach and look for uh, glowing shrimp. Yeah, go to the hamlet. Yeah, yeah. go, go yeah. to a hamlet somewhere on Long She'll Island or wherever. Could do dinner, but no, let's go look at some I'm telling shrimp. you, you can do once both. you see it, your, your little bit of sarcasm is going right. to evaporate. We'll and see. you know what's going to be? You're going to move to the beach. Thank you, Uncle Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but as they were soaking in this stunning demonstration of nature's beauty, Jenny realized that the sensation that was gripping her emotions at that moment was not a sense of awe, but one of inexplicable fear, in her own words. As soon as we stepped onto the beach, I had a feeling of general unease. General uh, unease. As soon? That's just that little icky. <sighs> that instinctive fear that one would experience in the presence of a predator. I chose to ignore it, occasionally peeking over my shoulder at the long, empty stretch of beach behind me, but most, but mostly focusing on the tiny, glowing shrimp beneath our feet. Jenny pushed her anxieties aside and tried to focus on the basic romance of the moment and the parade of photosites that seemed to go on forever in front of them. Nevertheless, the nagging sensation of being watched once again overcame her, and in her own words again. At one point, I felt a presence, and again, I chose to ignore it, as I've dealt with that quite a bit in my 30 years. I what, guess gnawing, what, gnawing the having sensations. Having spidey sense? Yeah. Or whatever? No, maybe. Or you know, maybe alleged spidey sense? She just, <laughs> lives, she just lives in a world of paranoia? Like, yeah. is that what she's doing? It seems. I felt fear. Or right. general unease. Okay, yeah. All right. I had not voiced my unease to my fiancé, so he was completely unaware. About five to ten minutes into our short walk, we were both hunched over, his back facing the jetty, mine facing the stretch of empty beach, when he started peering over my shoulder up into the sky. Perplexed, he'd look up for a second, then look away. At this point, I was still trying to retain my composure and not look. You know, I don't know what's going on in Jenny's mind. I don't know if maybe she was oh, like she's... the girl that saw Wolf too many times or something, but... It's your fiance. You're alone on a beach. If he keeps looking 
Yeah. Confusedly over your shoulder. But he's not screaming or there's no like horror it's, at that it's point. It's still valid to glance though. Yeah, well, well that's why, what I mean. There's no like, it's not like, oh my God, he's terrified. I'm not looking at it. It's just, he's just kind of looking. Just, huh? Yeah. Hmm. What? If yeah. we're hanging out and one of you guys all like, sudden looks over it. your shoulder, we're all going to react. We're all going to react. Yeah, we're all going to be like, Rob, what'd you see? Was it a ghost cat? <laughs> was it? Was it? Was I've it a seen a ghost was cat. It, was it a ghost cat? What happened? It might be a ghost cat. All right. Okay. Perhaps she was afraid that looking at what her fiancé saw would confirm her worst fears. Or maybe, in classic human fashion, she thought that if she ignored whatever it was gnawing at her, it might go away. Regardless of her thought processes, Jenny was finally compelled to look when her husband-to-be shouted out in alarm. Okay, well then... That's when you have no yeah. choice. Yeah. And this is what she said. Finally, after a few minutes, he looked over my head and yelled, Oh my God, what is that? <laughs> Classic. A la Princess Bride. Classic Jeff. Oh my God, what is that thing? <laughs> Switch. I turned to look and flying directly over my head was this huge creature I'd never seen. Jenny would describe this unfathomable phantasmagoric fiend that appeared to be actually swimming up and down on the air currents of the skies above them. She detailed the impracticable creature thusly. It appeared translucent or transparent, no color whatsoever, no visible structure outside of the motion which indicated what it looked like. Now, I myself am a visual artist. Of course, we knew that about Jenny. <laughs> okay. So this left a very distinct impression on me. This creature was shaped and moving in a way that a manta ray would, yet completely transparent, no color at all. I could see the stars through this thing. The only thing to allow the structure any appearance was the moonlight shining somehow on its exterior. So I guess that technically makes it translucent. But so basically... If you had a glass sculpture of a manta yeah. ray, right, and I guess, and you could see the sky through it, because of course you're going to yeah. have it on the coffee table facing to the sky, uh, it might catch the reflection of the moonlight, and depending on the angle, and, I, I, yeah, depending on it. So, I guess, yeah. It, so it becomes very confusing because when I'm first reading this, my first thought was, if this thing is completely fucking transparent, how could you even see the motion? But then when you factor in the reflection from the moon, right, you're like, okay. And so it gives this impression of a large, mobile fucking manta ray of the sky. Dude, we've seen this before, dude. Active camo, predators. Oh, God Yeah, damn. I was going to say, the, that it God sounds like predator because you, you see the, a little bit of it. Yeah. It's true. It's actually true. And, and in fact, you kind of see it when it moves. Like yeah. the only time the yeah. invisibility is, is breached is when they move. It's almost like it's trying yeah. to catch up with the motion. My favorite documentary, Predator 1, 2... Predators, the predator. <laughs> predator Alien two is predator. a bad reenactment <laughs> of what really probably happened in Predator two. That sounds oh, wow. That sounds, that sounds appropriate, <laughs> that's, that's actually. A, wow, that's just damning, Chris. All right, yeah, Robert. But, but it's true. Continue. Okay. Add to that the fact that the soon-to-be betrothed couple described this floating apparition as distinctly resembling a known marine animal, the manta ray, albeit a version that was light enough to take to the skies, and you have an animal that by all rational standards ought not exist. Jenny continued her description. It was larger than a standard sedan. Its wingspan was at least, from what I could estimate, 10 feet in width. While it was flying, its wings were moving up and down. 
The movement seemed familiar, like that of a gull swooping down and hovering over the shoreline. It was approximately 10 to 15 feet over my head. It had no visible head or tail, no discernible limbs or appendages of any kind. It appeared and moved exactly as a manta ray without the cephalic lobes or tail. Mm. Now, for those of you who don't know, and fuck all y'all for not being ichthyologists... (laughs) Cephalic lobes are the forward extensions of the pectoral fins, basically those long yeah. nubs that are in the front that filter in the food. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The manta rays are known for. So it looked like a ray sans that. That's basically what's going on. Or a tail. Or a tail. What, how would you see so, a tail? But it's just like a little nub on so the end? I guess it's like Maybe. floppity wings. That's what I pick, I guess. Or, or the she... tail would be so thin that it just doesn't register because it's a nearly transparent creature. Yeah. True. But True. because it doesn't register, we can't you know, assume that it has one. We'll just right. have to take the eyewitness testimony as it is. Jenny went on to explain her state of mind upon witnessing this airborne aberration. I was just completely awestruck. But that fear took over, and after about 30 seconds of staring at this thing, we both turned and bolted toward the car. While running, we both simultaneously jerked our heads to the right in response to a glowing green light, which seemed to flash twice. It was not the light from the tower or on the jetty, nor from any boat as the water was clear. So is this a burst of bioluminescence or whatever? We don't know. Whether or not this glowing green light emanated from the sky ray or had some other earthly or perhaps unearthly cause is a matter for debate. But whatever its source might have been, it was totally irrelevant to the couple as they scrambled into the car and immediately left the scene. Okay. As they drove away, a sense of relief must surely have begun to settle in on them. This reprieve would prove to be only temporary, as moments later, Jenny testified to seeing two more examples of this extraordinary species flying above their vehicle. End quote. I never looked behind me. We started heading back on Dune Road when we saw what I can only describe as two smaller rays, which moved more like a bat would, flying together from right to left, overhead, past the car. So they're tailing her. Yeah, or the, yeah, two well, different ones. Are they like little acolytes I set know. out? Maybe babies? Of that car. I think mega that's squid. still in a some. Well, it could be the same one in one other one, right? Depending on how her perspective, right? I guess you're right. If it if it shot up high and and looks especially smaller, if something looks like it's cloaked, you can, I mean, how are you going to yeah, know how, how far really? really see it? Yeah, it, it like. All of that is certainly up for interpretation <clears throat> and debate, and I agree. I'm just pointing that out, but just. You know, to tell her story. She thinks it's two different ones. There's a big one. And and, there's some reasons, too. These aerial anomalies were more translucent than their colossal counterpart and had what the eyewitnesses described as a grayish epidermis. Mm. So that's one of the fundamental changes. She could actually see color on it that didn't seem to be reflected. Jenny and her intended watched as these animals seemed to be heading toward the beach in what might have been a reunion or perhaps a confrontation between these soaring scourges of the sky and the one that remained on the coast. Oh, so they were heading, okay. So that's, I guess, another thing that, I mean, it's not to say it couldn't be super fast, swoop out and swoop back and be heading towards the beach. Everything Chris said is valid. It's just we don't know. What, What it looked like is two smaller grayish ones heading towards the beach. Where yeah. the other one was that was larger for whatever reason. Okay. At this point, Jenny's fear began to be usurped by a distinct sense of enthrallment. 
As she watched them soar with a fluid grace quite unlike anything she had ever seen, Jenny even began to speculate about the animal's airbound origins, stating, It was so beautiful and strange. It reminded me of a sea creature more than anything else. Maybe our air is like water to them. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe, that's, maybe. that's a good way to look sure. at it. As you're panicking down the road trying to get the fuck away from these things. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're when you're on the beach and you're vulnerable and it's big. Right. Maybe you feel a certain way when you're, you know, in the car. You can, when you're in the car, to be, you can appreciate the beauty. It's a possibility. Okay. While I personally admired the preservationist turn made by Jenny following what would be the last reported sighting of the Hampton Bays sky rays. And yes, it's Hampton Bays sky and it's multiple rays. sky rays. Yeah. I can't help but to wonder if her first instincts weren't the correct ones. Don't get me wrong, I'm all about the rational mind prevailing over the baser urges we all share, but a gut-level instinctive fear is not something that ought to be ignored. There are reasons why so many people have intuitive, perhaps even inborn, fears of venomous animals like snakes, scorpions, and spiders, and maybe that same innate feeling of dread that Jenny experienced reflects the genuine danger that these sky rays represent. Perhaps these glass-skinned airborne fish are sub-atmospheric voyagers who frolic unseen above us, straining the clouds for high-flying insects and the occasional small bird, never paying any mind whatsoever to the hairless monkeys inhabiting the world below. But we also have to consider the very real possibility that these things are massive, nearly invisible super predators that not only consume bugs and perhaps glowing shrimp, but whatever else happens to find itself on the menu simply by virtue of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So yeah. maybe that feeling of fear, and I'm not saying everyone everyone that's ever been attacked by a predator, be it a gray wolf or a great white shark, does not necessarily have the spidey sense tingling. We know that. Well, yeah. Um, but but it is a universal enough phenomenon that you know people sense danger sometimes before it actually happens that I can't help but to think, Maybe in some cases it's with good reason, and maybe these things, if you're in open air and isolated and vulnerable, I mean, who's to say they don't just swoop down and snag you? Yeah. I'm not trying to indict these fucking I sky rays, but man. still. Sounds like you're indicting them. Sky predators, nefarious fiends of the sky, right? Was that what you said? No. I, I didn't, uh, but I should have. Oh, right, cool. Is that what you said? Usually oh. I'll say something like flying fiends. You know me in alliteration. Yeah. I like to, yeah. I like to flying play that game. enigmatic entities of horrific horosity. Translucent touch holes of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so you guys yeah, are writing from now on. There you go. Horrific horosity. Hey, yeah. Touch Good holes of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. To round this up. Like the reporter Ned Scott forebodingly stated at the conclusion of Howard Hawke's 1951 classic, The Thing from Another World, I bring you a warning. Every one of you listening to my voice, tell the world, tell this to everybody, wherever they are, watch the skies. Everywhere, keep looking. Keep watching them motherfucking skies. Wow. Sounds like good advice to me. Because it, it, this goes back to, uh, we've talked about atmospheric you know, creatures before, uh, the Ethereans there, um, Trevor James Constable and his idea that uh, 
sky critters can basically like super invisible amoeba will shoot down and this has come up a couple people. times yeah, yeah we talked and about this, it during uh, the gargantuan gliders yeah yeah, yeah. and we this talked is, about uh, it a few times sometimes yeah. it might go back to a blimp I'm not saying this is a blimp situation. I swear to fucking God. I feel like this one isn't, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, okay. Normally, be, it's always a, it's a blimp every time. Before but. we take the blimp off the table, let's just wait and see what else we've got to discuss here because it sounds like something. They're definitely seeing something in the sky to get them mobile enough to be like, we are out of here. But the question is, what is it? We deal with, like, like Rob said, some kind of weird sky predators that for some reason we know, just just because she runs in fear at the sight of cheese apparently because she well he did she turned no well she as a self-admitted oh right because she's scared fearist <laughs> well a fearist a she is fearist a, she is a, I, fearist <laughs> a is a great term and kudos but, she's a fearist but, but b she is more i think implying that she um is no, I know intuitive exactly. And, is and just... might fall into you know little fits of anxiety now and again that aren't necessarily. Is she explicable. a nervous Nelly? A nervous Nelly. Is she a nervous that Nelly. Be, somehow I feel like that's probably sexist in this day and age. But yes, she is clearly a nervous fucking okay, Nelly. Cool. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not. I'm just saying you know you gotta keep your survival skills. Well, about there's you. also nervous Neds. Yeah, nervous. This is Ned. not well, gender specific yeah. anxiety yeah. issues. You gotta keep your you gotta keep your wits about you at all times, especially when you're out in open air. Especially it's at night. You're trying to be romantic. There's glowing shrimp that I didn't even know about until this podcast. And all of a sudden, which are fucking stunning. All of a sudden, boom! You got something in the sky. We can do right. Uh, nothing. And, and and just as and just as Chris said, just because you fear cheese doesn't mean pizza is dangerous. Maybe your arteries, but. Generally speaking, it's probably pretty safe. Yeah, well, right. So, so just because she feels dread doesn't mean it is dangerous, but it doesn't mean it's not. Right. So, I mean, I've always well. been really sketchy, as we all are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I like Jesus Christ. I like that argument. Just because it doesn't mean it's not. It's great. Yeah. No. So, but it didn't make any move towards them. Well, I mean, it was... F- Generally coming, the first one, right, it was the one that was out. mostly yeah, transparent and reflecting the moon, down or it seemed like to be heading or... towards them. Right, they made their escape, but not actively attacking. Yeah. Not like well, yeah. Uh, well, they, they, I assumed it was wasn't like at their level coming at them. I assumed if they looked off. Well, no, I, th- I think she said ten to fifteen feet above them, so closer than you'd want something mm-hmm. that's the size of a fucking standard sedan right. to be. Okay. And so it's got a wings. It's got wings. Maybe a maw. I mean, it's gonna freak it you out. It. If it's you see it, it's gonna freak you out. Especially if it's kind of like translucent, which you know could lead to the theory that maybe they were just kind of their eyes. Well, that's were that's the issue with, with translucent because that f- can fuck with your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Can. Like if it, if there was a translucent seagull, you know, just like five feet away from you, right? That was just a little bit here. Mm-hmm. You might fucking think it was farther away and really just fucking big. Right, it's a it's a real possibility. I mean, if it's right here, then you're like, oh my god, it was 50 feet long, and no, it's in the fucking ego. Right, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the translucency well, kind of does is, it intrinsically your limits your ability to really determine, you know, size and well, obviously detail. Mm-hmm. So the questions that started popping up in my head, the first one I think were, were the facts that there was, or the fact that there was two different batches of them. That is, were the smaller creatures that they saw from you know Dune Road as they were heading out. Simply returning to the coastline, uh, maybe searching for their larger, less visible mother, maybe as part of a, a nature's call feeding frenzy type of thing. Sort of like the gargantuan gliders that we covered. Or blimps. Or, or fucking blimps. Yeah. I just, no, I'm not doing that right now. I'm not okay. playing this game. All right. What I'm intrigued is like, is, is it like maybe 
when the when the shrimp glow and beach themselves and whatever time of year is this like the triggering of a mating season for the species that this, or that feeding we, or yeah. feeding yeah some sort of part of their their natural uh, life cycle and because they are fucking obviously notoriously difficult to see mm-hmm. we just don't know we just don't know that this is their time to hump in the skies above us or swoop down and eat fucking seagull shit or whatever the fuck they're doing because they're basically invisible yeah. Unless, Except, but, but the two were kind of grayish. Yes, I'm gonna throw something weird out there. Okay. Oh, what do you got? Because I've only seen like few, you don't you don't normally see fucking night gulls and stuff. But night gulls. If you've ever, if you've ever seen <laughs> the threat of the night, if, gull. if you've ever seen gulls at night, you might be terrified for a second because you they're not discernibly birds in the dark and they look a little grayish and they don't look like obviously they do in the day. Right. We in the, the way they out. fly. Yeah. And oh, that, and that's only because she said they look grayish. So I'm like, you know, okay. night, night, the night birds kind of look. Notably, uh, I think she just said they were smaller, but didn't give an approximation of size. I, right, exactly. In the same way the first one. So to, to give the devil, in this case, Chris, who's clearly the devil is due, um, if you had just seen something genuinely anom- anomalous, difficult to discern, and completely frightening, you might start looking at the sky and just start seeing fucking phantom rays everywhere. There is a real possibility that even if the first thing that they saw was legitimate and weird and and terrifying, that the next thing they saw might've just been a reaction to the panic. They're driving at this point. So it did fly over the car. I assume that they stopped at a stop sign or something, even though it's not specified because you know, it's flying right to left. I mean, maybe they're driving. Who knows? But it was a much more chaotic, and their senses were at a much more heightened place. Yeah. yeah. So we definitely have to recognize, as Chris said, that there is a possibility that this part of it is uh, even more likely to be something uh, terrestrial, or, or if not terrestrial, like standard Earth animal. Yeah, that was the only part I was referring to. But, the it, first but one then again, it doesn't... could also be a fucking sky ray. We, we don't know, but I but I dig what you're saying completely. Gargantuan yeah. gliders, baby. They're everywhere. It could be. I mean, how far off is it? Flat. Mantas are flat. Yeah. Gargantuan gliders yeah. are flat. Maybe there's a phase in their life where they're just kind of see-through. Where, well, where do they live? In the sky? I feel like with all the tech we have, all the satellites in space, all the planes that fly per day, no one's ever really seen one in the sky in a plane. No one's ever hit one. No one's ever. Right, now you're talking about gargantuan gliders at this point. Anything? And not... I'll just sky thingies like that. Well, let me let me contradict. Well, I won't contradict it because that's irrefutably true what you're saying. But let me say this: if something is invisible or virtually invisible, um, and is just tenuously constructed as a lot of these sky critters are supposed to be like basically fall apart with a sturdy fart or a you know a ceiling fan would just tear a whole population asunder planes would shoot right through them and kill them we'd never know they would probably dissipate before they landed if they even land they might be something that float upward maybe their their version of drowning is going up into the fucking stratosphere and perhaps like sharks they are constantly swimming Non-stop. So if right. they're creatures that forever live in the sky, even if their corpses do fall once they expire, if if, if they're so insubstantial, well, then, no one said that. That's not that's not them. active on purpose, and they're act. There's something that they either either it's a they're aware of it or it's part of their biology. But there's no way you can't say either way. Oh no, that's not a biological like. 
Like you say, you want to grab something and you grab it. It's not like saying, okay, it's active fucking camo time and it's on. That when, <laughs> so when you die, it's all of a sudden there it is. Initiate active camo. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like a, it's like a like a self destruct button for them. When Could they you die, imagine? <sighs> See, I wasn't even considering the potential for sentient creatures that activate camo at all. <laughs> well, I was just, just thinking the, the yeah, biological. Well, I mean, you know, just like, like I was. That's why I made the analogy of just grabbing something. It's just a natural. I mean, chameleons thing that comes can on. Change their color. Well, and like I, any like cuttlefish or whatever. Yeah, they, I was about yeah. to say octopus cuttlefish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're supposed to be extraordinarily bright. Like, aren't they? Like, super by smart. some standards, like just the smartest non-human creatures going on. Um, but even that having said, who knows how much of that they're intelligently controlling? Like when an octopus stops by a cluster of coral and instantly yeah. turns right. its you know, epidermis and, and shape of its body to look like that for camouflage, I don't think that's a conscious decision. I don't know. I think it might be aware that it needs to hide and that sends like uh, an involuntary signal to its body to do what it's supposed to do instinctively. Yeah, right, so I figure, when, but when that part of your brain's gone, then it reverts back to its normal form. So if you're in the sky, translucent, you be, you you're just clear. you're just not really translucent. You're just matching the, the sky. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it, it's funny because we're biologically talking, speaking, we're talking speculative biology. I, yeah, on, on an unfathomable yeah. thing because the idea that the skies are chock full, like super oceans, with predators and prey and 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 all, just a whole fucking biosphere. Of fucking entities and or creatures at this point, animals that we don't know about, that that fall apart at the slightest heavy breeze that a hurricane would just demolish. Not even a hurricane, yeah. like a, a plane flying by. Right. And so we we never find evidence of them. Most of them would plummet to their death in an ocean anyway. But even if it landed in the middle of Manhattan, whatever is left wouldn't be discernible. And again, I know I'm pissing in the wind. I know I'm making this yeah, up I as I go that, along. Do we make that up right about the whole like dissipate and how they just dissipate when they die? I'm pretty sure we just made that up. Yes. Okay. We, just, we did on the fly. I'm not saying that I got no one else. I'm like, did, did you read something <laughs> hey, I missed? Hey, no, no. Did I black out? I'm okay. not, I'm not okay. saying that no one else has ever come up with that theory mm. of like sky biodiversity and, and crazy fragile creatures. I'm sure that I didn't just make that up. Uh, for the first time in the history of humanity, but for our purposes, yes. Or, just you, or if you did. Or maybe. Or if you did. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't know. we don't know. So what the fuck, assuming that well, it isn't a mistaken identity or random gulls and a nervous mind, what could we be dealing with here? I mean, kind of like with the, the gargantuan gliders when you go back to the whole, uh, I don't know, what sky amoeba theory with the ether it gets a little bit goofy and i remember i was doing some research on it i do i remember you sent me a pile of it back when we first yeah, started because there was a whole like religion based around it and there yes. was like a, a power and there was like energy and there was like, yeah, like jesus oh, of the christ i'm was gonna the say commander. It wrong, like, oregon energy <laughs> but i know it's not the it beautiful pacific northwest it was no. like or oregon yeah. or, or, or something or like energy. that i i actually could i didn't even wade through it it was just so dense i'm like oh fuck this yeah there there's that whole ether and we've talked about this before there's that whole ether theory which is just super convoluted super cool don't get me wrong it's awesome because it goes into really cool space bullshit Shit. Right, right, of course. And interdimensional bullshit, Oh, too. a cult based on cryptids that live in the sky and are associated with space is, of course, up our alley. Yeah, totally. Totally. But yeah. I think that maybe if we are dealing with some sort of creatures that, like, live in the sky that maybe we just don't aren't aware of for some reason, whether it could be an issue of perception, maybe right. we, we just can't perceive them. And we are limited. We yeah, are we, absolutely limited. We have limited, limited perception, what, yeah. You know, I mean... We don't see an infrared. We don't see in a lot of spectrums. Right. I mean, we can artificially, but we don't naturally. Again, like the predator. Okay. Very much like a predator. <laughs> like the predator. Well, he's got tech. 
He does. I, you know, it's funny as I, I refer to predators as if though they are real. You always do. I do. Yeah, because in my world, they are. When yeah, <laughs> when I watch that Jacques Cousteau yeah. documentaries on the predators of the predators sea. Predators gonna tell him take my work and I won't have to go back the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I oh my God. Predator shows up, kills everybody. God damn it. So maybe we are dealing with some sort of creatures that are in the sky. Now, interestingly enough, though, if they are predatory towards humans, that opens up an entirely different conversation. I mean, the sky critters, constables, you know, amoeba sky critters, yep. definitely were said to consume human beings, like, through absorption or whatever. My thought would be, um, weirdly enough, like, if you're invisible, and I don't know how this works, but if you ate a clearly visible person, would it not look like a slowly digesting bill yeah. flying through the sky, like... So is that? Yeah, a guy just also flies up in the air, and then all of a sudden he slowly gets <laughs> he gets shorter and shorter. Yeah, he gets masticated and dissolves. You, like, so the is this like happened? Wonder Woman in her invisible, in her invisible jet? jet. Yeah, where and you're just like, why is she doing up there? She's just sitting in the air, like <laughs> yeah. moving along. I like, would say the greatest uh, the greatest bit of proof suggesting that they are not uh, predating on human beings is the fact that we don't have floating sky corpses. Yeah, randomly decomposing and being you know, yeah. chewed up. Right. It's not a phenomenon that has ever been reported now, as far as I know. If they are flying around, you know, the skies or whatever, I mean, they very well could be swooping down and they maybe they're not even carnivorous. Maybe they're... Well, no. Or you know, they're not from the sky. They are from the sea. Oh, uh, I was thinking about that, And there's that, just actually. some other purpose we don't know about why they have to go on out if they primarily of the water. Live, if they primarily live over the water. So a... Pri a primarily a marine animal that has the ability no 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 Why like, not? Like, I, well, my I, my theory was that maybe they just lived over the oceans oh no i meant they live in the water oh they, oh, they live in the, oh, okay and for gotcha. some reason they gotcha. they go out of hey, water you for both can have theories i love them okay they could just live above the oceans because maybe what they eat comes up in like those swells that yeah. you know go skyward maybe with they enjoy it's a plankton and maybe, who knows what maybe they enjoy the salt okay all right, I'm just going to give it to you. Maybe it was, <laughs> maybe they enjoy the salt. I'm trying to be smart. Bless I said, your heart. I said <laughs> potassium, okay? Let me give me potassium. They thrive on potassium, okay, absolutely. Good. I said a word. Be happy for me. <laughs> I would think, though, um, even though we have no evidence of a mouth at all, that they would likely be filter feeders. And right. if they're filter feeders, then it could be like, say, anything from bugs to who the hell knows what. Well, I, Maybe I, they eat clouds. I mean, if they just had a little beak... I don't think you would you wouldn't notice if they did if it was a translucent like they say you would I don't think you'd be able to pick that out. Oh, I Wait, agree. Because you see the motion. So if I had, I don't think they'd be able to see that regardless. So, there's so many different things, but we have three choices on one aspect, and that is in terms of their origins, and that is terrestrial, extraterrestrial, interdimensional. Our, th you know, three of our standard go tos. But in this case, I mean, interdimensional is an option if these things. And I always use the analogy, a subpar film that's fascinating to me in concept, which is, of course, From Beyond, right. based yeah. on the H.P. Lovecraft you know, novella and you know, made in the mid-'80s by Stuart Gordon, the idea that only under certain circumstances can you see these floating, hellish monsters which is, that are constantly surrounding us. Yeah. Which is basically the sky critter theory. It's yeah, basically what it in, in a lot of ways it is. Right. Extraterrestrial in that they're space-based life forms that if somehow get if they get sucked up into the gravity of a planet they, they just die like somehow slowly the gravity tears them apart maybe the weight maybe our who the hell maybe going through our magnetic field i mean that would must be horribly damaging to something the van allen belt dude 
Fuck there you, you go. It's yeah. potassium in the van. Yeah, that's about. right. Sam's smart. Dude, you, yeah. God damn it. You are sciencing You know what? You know, I know things. Out of this you are pod. smart as fuck. I know things. We all recognize Dad, that. All right. Dad, 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 He's so smart. <laughs> well, there are a couple of theories here that I think that we can run over real quick here. Uh, so real quick here, we got... Uh, Colony of Rods. Can we ignore no. that possibility? We can ignore that possibility. Well, I, I cannot. I think Rods have been disproven, though, haven't they? Uh, but not in colony form. I'm okay. Well, well All right, fine, fine. Kind of have. Um, <laughs> By the way, this is just a list I made. This yeah, okay, is not, here we go. This is not theories people have put out there. This is just some shit that you know. I want to talk uh, coming about. up next, we have Space Demons, which is a favorite of mine. I love space and I love demonology. So can you take hell cool. and space off the table? With this, no, you can't. You know, uh, else you can't take it off the table. Hmm. You know what I'm going to say? The devil. No. Jesus? How dare you? A Blimps. blimp. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A blimp. Classic how, blimp. How dare you? All right. Anyway. Vintage invisible. How, how yeah. dare you? It's not a blimp, Dash. Ghost of harpoon Even manta rays. That's my favorite go-to theory. Okay. Indulge this for a second. They look like <laughs> manta rays, except for what? They're semi-invisible. They're they ghosts. fly like angry manta rays. Not really. I don't know what an angry manta ray does, but what are they? Flies. The ghosts of harpoon manta rays do that have har- taken to the pe- sky looking for vengeance. Do people harpoon manta rays? Really? I don't understand how people fish I, for manta again, rays. No, manta I, f- ray I feel like you'd, you'd find trail missing ray people. killed Steve Irwin. Yeah. I, that's where I you're almost going, said right? a stingray killed Steve Austin. <laughs> Uh, Nobody kills Stone the Cold. Man. <laughs> yeah. You keep me away from those damn stingrays, <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> now, although I will say, if if if, uh, if if Steve Austin didn't get in a fight with a stingray and he gave it the Stone Cold Stunner, that would be absolutely fucking stuck amazing. In the, it yeah. would be. Yeah. And okay. By the way, who is the Bionic Man? Because I clearly dropped that ball. Uh. Steve Austin. I think it is. Is Steve it Steve Austin? Austin? Oh, yeah. so I didn't. No. So you guys just went to wrestling and I went to 70s sci-fi. Yeah, you yeah, went totally. to way. Yeah. Well, we're, we're all geeks in our own way. Interdimensional <laughs> entities, which I am a big proponent of the interdimensional theory. And as we brought before, because of perspective and how we do perceive things in our reality, maybe these things are just adjacent to our reality. We just happen to be getting a glimpse I, of I them. always love that. Reality adjacent. Really? That seems yeah. like just reality such a adjacent. polite way. I use it and this last one, for the record. This is this is for you, Mark. Okay, this is a late night plastic kite competition by the rich spoiled pricks who live in the Hamptons. <laughs> yeah, that's another uh, issue. The Hamptons is that, high oh, fluent. It's nice. as fuck. It yeah. is affluent as the dills. So um It could be tech. A, yeah. It could be it could be the drones. Super invisible oh, hyper yeah. drones. Fucking drones. I mean, maybe we could be dealing with something extraterrestrial. I personally, though, I'm going to stick with the sky critter theory and say that. And I know we've talked shit about the whole ether and that whole Well, because deal. that goes into, it goes into philosophy territory. It but stops being a potential science and starts being an ideology, but it's kinda, which is different. It's kind of like a shitty carnival funhouse. Oh, absolutely. It, you look at it and you're like, but you know it's going to be a good time. You know it's going to be a good time. No, I don't argue that at all. Yes. Yeah, so, and I because I did all that research on that, and I it, all you that feel re- like you need to find I ways to, to apply it. Yeah, because all that research went nowhere. So all well, that, that, that was like right. four what, what hours. I, what I will say, what I will say is this: while I don't uh, put much stock in Ethereum or Constable's theories regarding it, um, there's something we've talked about a lot in recent podcasts, be it the, the Zimbabwe mermaids or whatever, and that is uh, convergent biology evolution where like and my example always is the same one bats and birds same basic equipment but evolved from two different sources to do the same thing which is fly okay they both have wings the a lot of the constructs are different but they 
become basically the same thing to serve the same purpose. So maybe this thing looks like a manta ray and seems like it's swimming in the sky, but it's completely, utterly foreign to anything, any marine yeah. animal. And it's just something that must have like lighter than air bones and and who knows what other biological factors that I can't even fathom, but just happens to resemble a manta ray. That could mean it is unknown terrestrial fauna, otherwise known as a cryptid, or any okay. of the other things we put on the fucking table. All right. Um, Christopher, can you give me a skeptical angle, please? No. Well, you already brought up the... <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you already brought up the whole bird angle. Which baby I, gulls. Sure. Like baby gulls. But that was only concerning that those the two she saw okay, so, after. So do you think There's nothing possibly... translucent in the air that exists okay, but do you that think I that know maybe, of. That we know of. Do you Always think, the caveat. Do you think maybe possibly that they just that there was a bird or something in the sky and they just saw it and they freaked it, out it, and turned it, it into it something that it, it wasn't? Always, it could be. Okay. I mean, just, just put it out there. But I mean, if it's, it was, it's hard to uh, it's hard to say either way. Like if if neither if nothing was translucent and it was just there was just this grayish things. Right. I mean, be like, yeah, they, I think they just saw some right. some shit. And, yeah, and misidentified flipped. a condor. The translucent or is the weird thing because that's generally attributed to the sea. Right. Yeah. But it also flies, and which is not attributed to things in the water. True. That, that True. we know of. So it's like. What are, you, what are you doing? Although, what are you doing here? You got a seagull, you got moonlight, you got the ocean, you got the, the phosphorescent shrimp that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Which are gorgeous. <laughs> that, that, what I didn't that, know about. What could that do? You got moonlight, you got water, you got shrimp, so you got some flies. Off what do you the, get? The what happens? Abyss style shrimp. I'm asking straight you out of James Cameron's question. camera. I have no idea. Hits, hits the irises of the. The two young lovers that are walking to the beach. Do you think they both were, were distorts and creates a weird, hologram? They, were they, both, ref- they both have contact lenses in. Okay, so okay. It's, it's light cool. refracted. Okay, they're reflecting the shrimp, the birds. Oh, but why would it? Wait a why would it have a golden hue from the moon rather than the bluish or whatever color hue of the shrimp? The the, the stars would be the, the the they think they're seeing the stars, but it's not. It's the shrimp, the reflection of the shrimp. Huh. Chris and his contact lens shrimp. That's why we refer to Chris in the very last moment here. It's it's the night mirror gull. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Really, if you think about it, though, between... The sun, the moon, or not the sun, Jesus Christ. The sun, the moon, Jupiter, <laughs> Satan, <laughs> Zeus, <laughs> apples. Uh, apples, that's We're always just the key. everything. Pepperidge Farms, <laughs> Captain Crunch, <laughs> yeah. rubbers, and... <laughs> oh, <laughs> my Dr. God. Rubbers. And Dr. Pepper. <laughs> if you do have, though, if, if, you, if, you, if you've got the... I think, again, I'm not sure if this actually works out, but I'm thinking about it in my head visually. Like If you've got the moon, and then you've got the ocean, you've got the shrimp... It just there's got to be some sort of weird light things happening. It could, be, it could be. be. It could very well be. I, you know what? I can't fathom what it could be, but I love the way your mind is working. I don't know if that's how light works, and I'm not going <laughs> to claim to know that because again, <laughs> well, I'm not smart. Of, but well, none of us are light particle. You okay. are very okay. smart. If there's any people Exports. out there, any people out of any of our good listeners out there that that understand a light and how it works, a let light us know and how it works. <laughs> well, it'll reflect off something. Maybe they right. were wet. If they're like diving for things, then they're wet and they would reflect from the wet. That's true. Okay. All right. So that's the skeptical point of view. I'm going to stick with the interdimensional sky critter theory because I spent a lot of fucking time researching that bullshit. (laughs) Rob, are you going to go with me on the sky critter? No, I'm going to go with our haunted skies. Haunted skies. All the ghosts. All the ghosts. All right, Chris, what do you do? Sea critters done wrong. Going on the night go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So are you going to go with the uh, reflective light? 
Oh, yeah. Science that Since we Since I invented that. You invented it, yeah. So, okay, yeah. cool. All right. Well, the I science mean, of life. The, <laughs> the science of life. By Chris Carnicelli. There you go. All right. It's coming. Cool. All right, awesome. Well, there you have it. Thank you for joining us for the Kryptonite <laughs> Podcast. Uh, you know what? As always, let us know what your thoughts are on this. And uh, if anybody out there has any more Sky Critter information, always just uh, DM us the information because a lot of you guys do that. And I've been trying to save everything that we've gotten. Oh, so, yeah. A lot of it comes in handy. Yeah. So it's good to know because, you know, again, the whole Sky Critter theory is super wonky, but I really like it. I it's, really like it. Listen, the idea of atmospheric creatures that we haven't identified yet is fascinating and to me it's a terrifying. wide open yeah, totally. It's terrifying. <laughs> totally. But it's a wide open field of study. Yeah. Like second only or maybe even first to the oceans themselves. Right. I mean, we're terrestrial bound for the most part and that's what we do and we're fascinated by things that share the land with us. But really, it's the oceans that hold a lot of mysteries and the skies where hardly anyone's looking. Yeah. That could be chock full of some of the best discoveries as yet unmade. Sky Critters and Nazi Bells. All right, cool. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to rate and review this podcast the Apple, on the Apple iTunes, the Apple Podcast app. Stick around for some reviews. Social medias, Indices, Twitters, Facebooks. Hit us up there. Uh, Big Cartel shop is uh, kryptonautpodcast.bigcartel.com. We have our enamel pins for sale over there. We also have some sticker packs, and we got some uh, koozies, mm-hmm. so you can grab those as well. We're drinking um, from ours right now? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, Tea Public, buy some T-shirts there. All Anything you buy from us goes to help support the pod financially. And uh, we're talking to you soon. Absolutely. There it is. Bye. Ghost See ya. mantas in the sky. See ya. Sing it at your mantas own risk. Mantas in the sky. Mantas in the sky. Thank you for sticking around for the ratings and reviews. And um, you guys ready for these? Totally. All right, strap in. Here we go. Ready? Uh, Two-star review. Yes. From Ellie1977A. Content interesting. Content interesting, but constant swearing. What the fuck? (laughs) Interesting (sighs) topics and subjects, but the presenters constantly swear throughout, which usually distracts from the podcast. Fair enough. You know, I mean, yeah. I think we, it's fucking bullshit. But. We are marked as explicit uh, in iTunes and we, pretty much every podcast player. So, okay. Let's move on to the next review. Uh, <laughs> One-star review. Head scratch your chick. So many F-bombs. Really? With three question marks. Uh, I was excited to find this podcast, but the casual dropping of F-bombs really turned me off. Uh, no thanks, guys. That's a complete oh. fucking lie first. Okay, so again... Oh, that- I'm just gonna put that it is out some there. Bullshit. I'm just gonna put it out there yeah. that this podcast is marked explicit. Yeah, so, it is. It uh, is not like like how are they not fairly warned about that? It says explicit. You know what? Everyone's welcome to have their opinion. Yeah, whatever. And you know what? I'm I gosh darn support. Yeah, their I support right. them too, and that's why we're reading their <laughs> reviews. Uh, another one star review from Snappy Trevor. Oh my god, it never ends. Uh, I try to listen to this podcast. However, uh, other. However, every other word was an F-bomb. Are the you language kidding me? was cleaned up, it might have been worth listening to. Oh, my God. I had, <laughs> so, how did we get three punches on swearing in a row? Yeah, we got three of Some them. people just so, don't. Uh, it's not their jam, man. I consider a trio of Tipper Gores. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, PMRC. Yeah. Well, you know what I've got to say? I am so relieved because two, I thought, okay, that's fine. Then one, all right. 
all bad reviews had to do with our language and not our content. So in that sense, I'm like, all right, not so bad. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, it's like read the fucking warning. To be fair, it is marked explicit um, in every. It's in, and these came from iTunes. Uh-huh. These, 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 these reviews were on iTunes. So in iTunes, it specifically has an explicit and like parental advisory sticker yeah. on our things. So well, maybe they're but, not. I mean, if somebody just if somehow they read a recommendation, they might just go to it. Now that's aren't, true. Aren't yeah, really, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Aren't yeah. really paying well, you attention. Know what I'm thinking? If, you know, that. some if someone's like got the the soccer team in their car they're taking them to practice a bunch of like 11 year olds rearing to go and it's like hey you guys want to hear about bigfoot <laughs> sure i heard this part was great <laughs> pop it in yeah. fuck sucking sasquatch yeah. <laughs> oh god so i can see where that could go yeah, wrong it happens it happens but you know what they left the reviews and we're going to honor the review policy Always. by reading their reviews so let's move on here with excellent oh. five stars <laughs> from funeral swinger <laughs> This oh, podcast geez. was a really great discovery for me. I was uh, brought here by a shout-out from the Astonishing Legends. Hey, what's up, Thanks, guys? guys. Hey. They shouted out Rob in an episode. Uh, dynamically, what these guys do reminds me of last podcast on the left and Astonishing Legends combined. Really excellent content. Really fun to listen to. I am completely honored to be mentioned oh my God, with say, Astonishing Legends and my, one of my oh favorite yeah, podcasts, the last podcast in the last. That is so. high praise Fuck indeed. Yeah. So yeah, so thank you all very much for those reviews. Um, you know, again, if you got this far and you're mad about our language, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Because unfortunately, we this is how we talk. No, I mean, I don't think anyone has stuck with us that was offended by it. Like, I don't think there's anyone who's just like, you know... They've got it. Well, They've no. got that magical However, something. There was that dude that listened to ten episodes and was like, oh, "I yeah. listened to ten of your episodes and you guys are terrible." He just couldn't get. He couldn't get past. He couldn't it. get past yeah. that we, we that we were being funny, which we don't. We're just talking. You're supposed to be so. scary. Yeah. So that's well, right. Yeah. Not profane. Yeah. yeah. So, but hey, you know, Sorry. Have, uh, keep those reviews coming. If you guys want to leave mm-hmm. us some reviews to help bury these two and one star reviews, that'd be awesome. Oh gosh, that would Jesus be a favor. Yeah, if you want to help bury those reviews, dude, that'd you be can't. Phenomenal. Like, if you think about the math, infinitely speaking, it, it can never be buried. No, we, we, st- we well, we still have a, <laughs> a five star review on iTunes. So, so thank you all very much, Robert. Let's go to Facebook where things are going to get interesting. Oh, I like that. Oh, geez, okay. is it a twist? Yeah, really. Uh, do we uh, do we have to be aware? Is the shoe going to drop? The iron shoe? It could. It could. I don't even know what the iron shoe is supposed to be. Sometimes I just say things and hope it works out. I don't, yeah, no, I get it. It drops because it's heavy. Yeah, thank you. Zach Clute <laughs> is the first review. And he says, normally, not always, but normally when I bring up the topic of anything cryptozoological or paranormal, I am scoffed at or met with thunderous eye roll. I have been there, sir. The loudest of eye rolls. (laughs) Indeed. Now I have thoroughly... Now I have a thoroughly engaging and genuinely entertaining podcast to listen to. I hope he means ours. I know. Thanks, guys, for the deep belly laughs and thought-provoking topics. Beers on me someday. Oh, fuck yeah. Fucking A right, Zach. Thank you so much. All right, thank you very oh, much, Zach. Clutie. I know. Excellent. He's the hydrogen peroxide Clutie. to the dirty wounds that have been inflicted. <laughs> <laughs> it tingles a little, it stings a little, but you know it's cleaning you out. There you go. And our next review comes from Alan Edkins. And he says... Came for the cryptids, then stayed for the random metal musings. Yeah. Rampant hilarity and for Mark's war on everything. <laughs> that is I had no accurate. Episode. Oh, that's awesome. But I've only, also only had two beers. So. Great, informative, 
and fun show. We try to be all, all three. Right, yeah, good. Hashtag Heller Space. Yeah, there it is. Heller Fuck Space. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Alan. All right, Bobby, let's round it out with our last review. What do okay. we got? Our last review comes to us from Ashley Goldish. I can't lie. This is the worst fucking podcast I have ever heard. Uh, True auditory ear skull fucking torture. (laughs) After listening to this, I feel personally violated and attacked. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Multiple dots, all caps. Just kidding. Oh, you got me. These bearded Charlie's cryptid angels. I fucking love that. That's pretty dope. Are the most entertaining and personable bunch ever. I dare you not to fall in love. Please, please, please make a naughty calendar of you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> Hashtag oh, no. Lady Boner. No. Seriously engorged and throbbing. <laughs> XOXO ghoulish effects on the Instas. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ashley. Um, you will regret that immediately. Yeah. yeah. If that calendar ever came out, oh, no one would even, I don't think a printer would even print it. You know, well, first off, they it would, see, it would, need, like, it would need to be 11 by 17. <laughs> <laughs> Once they stop throwing up, they yeah. wouldn't be able to print anymore. Oh. Is it just going to be like us nestled in you? Just like, here you go. Oh, we, like, can, we can find some tastefully erotic ways to use me as a human bearskin rug, I all think. All right, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah no, well, some that, together, some separate. But. Yeah, I don't know. That. Some separate. Oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, ones is like we each get a month or two. Right. Can yeah, I just well, be... Like, we'll if, have to distribute. It would be four months each, obviously, for the distribution If it was separate. Yeah. We, we, no, we do three months and oh. then three together. Yeah. And then three together. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. It's like a counter to make you instantly puke. It's like, oh my God. Bleh. Yeah. yeah. Things 100%. that make you go. A hundred percent. Oh, that's funny. But you know what? It would be pretty charming. Thank you very much for, for the review. And uh, yes, check her out on uh, Instagram. It's a ghoulish underscore FX. Uh, and she has some. Uh, hey, I'll show you guys right here. She has got some seriously fucking awesome work. Like, oh, yeah. oh my great. God. It's mind boggling. Yeah, I love those dope. makeup fucking. It's super cool. Oh. Yeah, it's awesome. Mad talented, phenomenal taste in podcast. Wonderful hope and calendars. <laughs> Thank you, que- Ashley. Questionable decision yeah, real with calendar. Question. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God bless you. All right, so thank you all very much. There you have it, and we'll be talking to you soon. I just feel Laters. a whole lot better now. Honestly, we, we, we the good reviews helped. This last review just changed my entire demeanor. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that last review brought the entire month together for me. So Beaming under the beard. <laughs> there it is. All right, we'll be talking to you. Later, fuckers. <laughs>